What's up, everybody? Welcome to week three of Real Talk with Shoot and Chuck. I am your host, Chuck, and with me, as always, is Shoot. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Thanks for listening. I uh, just want to, you know, again, let y'all know that that song was by Kane. It's off his album, The Dark Hours LP, um, and it's called Fire. Definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely check that out. And, you know, just want to thank everyone for for returning back with us on a much better week than it was last week because we were pretty down last week. We were feeling much better after a Redskins win and, importantly, a Yankees loss last night. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's always good to see the Yankees get knocked out. But uh, before we really get into this thing, Chuck, i got to address uh, the fact that I helped circulate some fake news last week. Um, yes, you did. Yeah, you know, you I, I thought that the uh, Assassin's Creed game was going to be coming out on Tuesday, um, and unfortunately that was incorrect. Alex actually went out to the store to buy it on that day um, while I was at work, uh, so I kind of screwed him there on that one. But yep. I will say it's not completely my fault. Um, the, the social media team over there at Ubisoft kind of screwed us over. Uh, they, they were advertising a pre-release live stream for the 17th, which you would think would coincide with the release of the game, but, uh, you know, it, it didn't work out. So. Well, you know, that's what I get for just taking you at your word and not checking my facts, because if I would have just looked online, I would have been proven correct, because I was, and I did say last week on the 27th, and that's when it comes out. But that's all right. You know, it is what it is. It was tricky, though. I did look at that Facebook post as a person who does stuff on social media professionally. I was like, eh do not really approve of this because it did confuse me too. Yeah, they could have done a better job. The marketing team yeah. really kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Either way, you got something to look forward to. Definitely pick it up just like we talked about last week. But also in the world of PlayStation, uh, I finally was able to get in and play the second Tomb Raider, the you know the Rise of the Tomb Raider, the 20th, edition, 20th year edition. And right now it's on the network for about $24. If you do not have this game, I highly recommend that you pick it up. Um, obviously, I, I'm a little biased. I loved the first game that came out about five years ago. It's one of the few games that I've actually beat completely twice uh, on the PlayStation 4. So that tells you how much fun it is. Just a great story. It's like playing a movie. So if you are looking for a good, just linear, solo, one-player game, Definitely scoop this up. It's totally worth it. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked it up, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when they when GameStop was having that two-for-one sale or whatever. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it, but, you know, like you said, the, the first one was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And the way that they've been able to kind of create video games that are just as good as movies now is really, really, though. really, really exciting. So it's definitely worth, you know, the money. If it's 24 bucks on on the PlayStation Store, I would definitely pick it up. Um, mm -hmm. if you do, if you haven't already. And to what you're saying, like, I mean, this has been kind of going on for a little while with the Uncharted series and stuff like that, where you really are playing a movie, but as technology has progressed, you know, real actors are being involved, you know, obviously, um, big name people dig the Call of Duty series, stuff like that. So I think as we continue forward, you're only going to see video games just pull that more and more people away from going out to the movies because you can play it. In a movie, literally. Yeah, and, and the price of going to the movies nowadays is so outrageous that you might as well just stay at home and, and you know, exactly. play video you games. You spend one $60 investment and you're going to get 20 plus hours out of a story where if I go to the movies, I end up spending $60 just because they got the movie tickets and then you're going to buy your drinks and stuff like that. So that's for three hours worth of entertainment. So definitely worth getting into if you want to have some fun. Well, what's going to be interesting to me is, is when they come out with the new Tomb Raider movie that is supposed to be based off of these video games. 
Um, you know, we've all seen the Angelina Jolie version back in, you know, the 2000s, um, and, and they were they were okay, but uh, these games are already like movies, so it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see how they adapt that to an actual movie. Which is ironic, because the Angelina Jolie movies were based off the earlier games, and right. so, the, but the story has changed a little bit, so um, obviously with uh, the video game audience out there, I think it's going to end up being a good movie, but I was disappointed that they didn't just get the girl who's been crushing it in the video games to be the actor, actress in the movie, but, yeah, you know, gotta, it is Gotta what wonder is. what that, what that decision making is like, but, um, you know, obviously a great game, pick it up if you can, but another game that we've Definitely. been playing a lot uh, that we want to kind of get a plug in for is um, Fortnite. Um, this is a game that Definitely. that we're not really sure what the main game is, but they've kind of adapted the PvP mode to be like uh, Player Unknown's Battleground. Which, if you've played that on your PC, um, you know that it is uh, like a uh, what what's Hunger Games type, I guess you would call it. Definitely like a Hunger Games video game. A hundred people enter into a map that slowly starts to condense down, forcing players to come together and. You parachute in with no resources. You got to find your weapons and all that stuff. So, the game on the computer is blown up, and it's just like two hundred million people playing this game. So, for some reason, this frostbite company was just like, "Hey, we're going to give this game away for free," and now two million people are playing it. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Again, we don't know what the main game is, um, but the the PvP version is blown up, and we've played it the last few days. And we've had no problems getting matchmaking, um, which is you nope. know, a key, especially when you're playing a hundred different people on a, on a map. Um, but it's been it's been really uh, you know populated and really worth your time. It's kind of cartoony to be sure, but mm-hmm. there's a, a building mechanic with it, so you're collecting resources not only as in weapons, but you know stone and wood and, and stuff wood like that and, to to mm-hmm. build you know structures while you're playing the game. So it is a little different than PUBG. Um, and definitely worth worth checking out because it's free. Why, why wouldn't you play it? Yeah, so if you do want to add it, you need to go into the PlayStation Network and actually just type in Battle Royale. Don't even worry about the real name of the game because that's the quickest way to find it because it is a little hidden away in the store because it's free. You know, It's not something they're advertising a lot, but definitely go in there and just add it to your library if you ever feel like playing a random multiplayer online game. Just hop in it. You'll get a match in two minutes for sure. So it's definitely fun. Yeah, but, it's definitely good to have in the collection. Like Alex said, you don't even have to download it. Just claim it. We didn't even make accounts like for the website because it's going to ask you that when you first start. So like, you know, just exit through all that stuff real fast. You'll be in a game within three minutes of your download. And if you don't like it, it was free. Who cares? But if you just give it a couple tries, uh, I think you're going to like it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But Moving into what is the main focus of our show, sports. So um, not much going on in the DMV right now. Obviously, the Nats are out of the playoffs, so we're just trying to forget that even happened. Cap season is still a little too early to get hyped about, but uh, that just leaves us with the one topic of the Washington Redskins. So with a huge game coming up on Monday night, definitely want to preview that for you all a little bit here. Yeah, it's it's, um, kind of one of those games that we see as a must-win you know, the Eagles are hot right now, and it's hard to tell whether or not they're just hot because uh, they're not really playing anybody or, or yeah. what. But they did beat us once, so got to give mm-hmm. them props there. But I think, um, you know, this is a big, big game for the Redskins, obviously being on Monday night, but more importantly against a division rival. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's hard to tell, just like the Chiefs, you know. It's hard to tell if they're really the best team in football based off their record. But – you know, I think 
when I look back on the first week of the year and we played the Eagles and lost, all I can remember is the third play of the game and he got that lucky touchdown off that scramble. And if that doesn't happen, that game's totally different. Right. And I don't, I just don't buy that the Eagles are that good, but I could just be biased because I haven't been paying attention to them and I hate the Eagles. So I think we're really going to find out a lot about both teams on Monday night. Uh, the Redskins, unfortunately, were just decimated by injuries, not nearly as bad as the Packers, and we'll get into that. But, um, you know, it just seems like every time we turn on a Redskins game, especially on defense, dudes are just dropping. I feel like they're getting sniped on the field. Yeah, you got to wonder what they're doing in practice. Um to, to prevent that. I mean, obviously, they're a professional organization. They have a great doctor, great medical staff, and all that. So they're getting these guys mm-hmm. back as quickly as they can. But there's definitely something about the fact that we're seeing so many injuries um, just across across the board. You know, again, we, we lost offensive linemen. We're losing, mm-hmm. you know, defensive backs, uh, linebackers, everybody. And it, it, I just can't see this sustaining itself. And more importantly, I've never seen any – year like this not just with us with everybody with everybody but you know for us the Jonathan Allen injury that crushed me obviously Jonathan Allen is my man I love you know Alabama roll tide but you know his list frack I think is what it is a list frack injury in your foot and I when I first heard it I was like what the heck does this even mean and then when they finally explained it I can understand why a guy who's pushing 300 pounds, you know, putting so much pressure on his foot just by getting in his stance, why that would be such a devastating injury and lose, have you be lost for the year. And if anyone knows foot problems, I know mom had plantar fasciitis and she could barely walk. So if this is worse than that, I can only imagine. Um, so obviously we, we hope for a speedy and quick recovery. I know the doctor said once they got in on his foot, it wasn't as bad as what they initially thought. So he could, quote unquote, possibly return this year. I don't really see that happening unless we're just getting destroyed in the run game and we're making a serious playoff push. I think they end up just sent, sitting them for the rest of the year because it's not worth rushing, you know, your number one pick back. Yeah, maybe the the safe bet. You know, the the Nats did that with Strasburg. Everybody was Strasburg, kind of yep. freaking out about that, but it obviously was a good decision. So you would like to see that they protect that guy if they can. Now, if he's ready to go and he wants to play, and we're we're trying to make a push, by all means, play him. But um, I, I would mm-hmm. err on the side of caution with that kid, just just because we want to see him around for for a long time. Long time, and then of course you got the the Dustin Hopkins injury, which to me is makes me feel a little bit better about why he missed that field goal, uh, you know, against the 49ers. But now we had to bring in a completely unproven kicker, and we've always struggled at the kicking position, really, until Hopkins came here, and he even even he's still pretty spotty. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say he's one of the top five guys in the league at all, but he was still relatively consistent so now we got to go back to the circus that is trying to find a kicker in washington well you know i kind of got to disagree with you a little bit on your criticism of of hopkins you know if if it was 45 outside of 45 then yeah he became kind of spotty but within that 45 range the guy was a lock um really the only miss he's had within that range was that extra point last week so you know it's he was a good kicker he was solid um and in Mm. terms of of our past like you alluded to We've always had problems with consistent kickers, and in terms of our history, he was one of the most consistent we've had. So it is it, it is kind of a problem to see that um, come away. Plus, you know, again, he was, uh, you know, the, the kicking staff in general, um, I think that, you know, you bring a new guy in, and it's going to kind of mess with the flow a little bit. He's got to get to know yeah. the holder and the snapper. So, you know, we'll see what that dynamic is. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I mean, we'll be okay. 
if anyone can sympathize with that, that's me, as I was a specialist in college. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, I was a long snapper. So the the unit of the kicker, log snapper, and holder is one that is very undervalued from a fan's perspective. Not a team's perspective, but a fan's perspective. And it's hard to understand how important it is that you're close with those guys because it's 99.9% trust within us, within each other. Each man has to do their job just for the kick to go off and be good. So the chemistry factor is definitely going to be there. Luckily, Nick Sumberg is an all-time pro. The dude's been doing it forever. And Tris Way is the best punter slash probably holder in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So he's coming into a good situation. It's just going to be the mental side of things, and we'll see how it goes. But, you know, the Redskins didn't even bring in competition in camp, and that's a lot to say about your you know, specialist unit. They were, like, constantly asking Jay if they were going to bring at least a kicker in to compete, and he was like, no, you know, I'm good with my guys right now. And then here we are without him for the rest of the year. So hopefully he recovers well. I mean, he'll definitely be back next year. I mean, even if this, the replacement does well, um, I still think it's Hopkins' job, at least going into camp, he's going to be there to compete for sure. So um, definitely hope he recovers quickly. And just if we can get healthy, I think this is a very good Redskins football team. It's just a matter of staying healthy in the long run. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. Obviously, the other big storyline for Monday night as we wrap up the conversation about the Redskins is really just can Kirk Cousins perform on Monday night football. And he said in his presser this week he thinks that the media kind of makes those storylines just to get something to talk about. And I don't necessarily disagree with him in the regards that it's a good story. Oh, Monday Night Football, the guy has to prove himself. But at the same time, it's true. Like, it's time to, for you to be able to step up in prime time in a opponent's stadium just like you did in Kansas City, mm-hmm. but actually pull it out with a win against a divisional opponent who is 5-1. So there's a big difference between – uh, four and two and five and two, then six and one and you know our record. Yeah, so yeah. It the two game lead, two game lead in the NFC East. I think the Eagles roll on to possibly just win the division without much of a problem. But if they lose, I think it turns into the Eagles team that we saw last year that started out hot. That once they started losing, they tumbled pretty bad and ended up losing nine games. Yeah, and obviously that's what we want. Um, you know, we, we want the Redskins to to claim this game and then roll forward. I think that this could be the linchpin of the season, really, for both teams. Um, yeah. We win tonight. We go on with a lot of confidence moving forward and, and potentially yep. keep rolling. And the, the Beat Eagles, Dallas next week. Yeah, the Eagles could, could kind of fall apart. So – it's going to be a so. great game. We need Kirk Cousins to step up. But more importantly, we need the receivers to catch the freaking ball to to complete the passes from Kirk Cousins. Obviously, we're going to focus on the run game, we assume. Um, but I think that we need the receivers to actually possess the ball this time. Yes. I think it's going to be big. We get Rob Kelly back. I think he's hungry. I think he's ready to bust out. As long as our offensive line mm-hmm. keeps doing what they do and just creating space for all um, – for Rob Kelly and Chris Thompson, I think we'll be okay. It's just going to be um, the typical question, what Redskins team shows up. So we'll find out tomorrow night. We'll see how we perform. But I do think that the NFC East, not only withstanding, the whole NFC in general is wide open. So for sure, this could be, like you're saying, the game that really forges the path to the postseason. So if we're a team on the rise that should win these games, we should go ahead and take care of business tomorrow night Definitely. but um you know like i said not much outside the redskins going on in dc so let's just kind of you know based off some feedback we got from y'all we want to actually talk about other teams other sports and stuff like that not just about the dmv the ones that we love so you know a lot of big games on this sunday 
Um, starting off really, in my opinion, probably the biggest game of the weekend outside of Monday Night Football is the Super Bowl rematch between the Patriots and the Falcons. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, that was one of the best Super Bowls that I've ever seen in my life. Um, obviously, I kind of like the Patriots. I like Bill Belichick. I like Tom Brady, and you can hate on me for that all you want. But as a coach, um, I love I love the way New England operates. You know, they there mm-hmm. there are no egos really in that locker room. He takes people that nobody else wants and wins Super Bowls with them. So as a coach, you got to respect that. And I think that this is going to be. Um, more of the same as, as last year. Maybe maybe not so much Atlanta getting out to a big lead, but I think uh, this is going to be a great game down on the wire, and we're going to um, you know enjoy watching it for sure. Well, and my thing is, too, is that there's a lot to play for uh, in this game for both teams outside of just the rematch of the Super Bowl. For sure, I mean, yeah. You know, New England has a lot to prove about their defense. I mean, going into this year, we were all sitting here saying that New England should be undefeated, and here they are you know, in the middle of the pack, which is a uncharted waters a little bit but um, for this organization. But if anyone can do it, it's Tom Brady and it's Bill Belichick. So I think that that's one thing. And then you got to have the Falcons exercise their demons, see if they can you know, get over this horrible loss in the Super Bowl. You know, Great game as a fan, but I can only imagine how it was as a player in that locker room to have lost that game and I know that's still probably lingering on Kyle Shanahan's head a little bit right now, sitting at, you know, no wins since the Super Bowl as a head coach. He's struggling a little bit, too, so just because he can't catch a break either. So it's not like he's really getting blown out there in San Francisco. We all saw last week that that's a a legitimate team, and they're the only team in the NFL history to lose two games in overtime back-to-back and have lost all their games by three points or less. That's got to be just devastating as a player in that locker room, so... I know it's on his head mentally, and I think that um, this Falcons offense now needs to show that they can finalize a deal with that with a new offensive coordinator and all that. No, I agree 100. Um, you know, you mentioned the San Francisco situation, and that stat you just read off is is literally unbelievable to me. Um, you know, you gotta, uh, you know, if your team is 0 and 7 or 0 and 6, whatever they are. You know, you would think that there's at least one or two blowouts in there, you know. Uh-huh. But this this is a team that just, at the last minute, for whatever reason, can't pull it out. I mean, and you kind of feel for them, obviously. Like, uh, you don't like yeah. to see teams go through that. But um, I think they'll bounce back, uh, you know, and I think they're going to surprise some people tonight um, versus Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say uh, for – Moving forward, this is definitely a trap game for Dallas. That just like it could have been for us last week, you know, definitely. we went up seventeen nothing, and they make a quarterback change, and all of a sudden they're surging. And I definitely think that that was a premeditated decision on Kyle Shanahan's part. More of, uh, you know, he knew coming into that game that we understood how he game planned and stuff like that, just considering the the past that he had been in the organization and stuff. So he needed some type of trickeration, so to speak. Uh, and bringing in a whole new quarterback. So I think uh, if Brian, Brian Hoyer starts well and plays well, I think he stays in, but he obviously didn't, and that was a, his way of making that transition at quarterback. So a lot of people think that that Bethard kid is the next Kirk Cousins, so to speak. That's what Kyle Shanahan himself said. So I think they have a lot of you know opportunities to go in and win games, and I think for the, our pick section, which we're going to transition to right now, my lock – I mean, not my lock, my upset of the weekend is definitely the 49ers over Dallas. Yeah, I was looking through the, the games, and I couldn't really pick one that was a uh, you know true upset that I thought. 
other than San Francisco and Dallas. And I really, you know, we're not just I'm not just picking San Francisco because we don't like Dallas, even though that is obviously a factor. But I really do think after watching them play, I really do think that they're going to get over that hump this week, um, especially with that new quarterback. You know, I liked what I saw from him. And, you know, a lot of that, too, was that we weren't prepared for him. But, he, you know, he's a young guy. He's willing to just run around and sling the ball. I think that uh, with a week of practice with the, with the ones under his belt, he's actually going to have a chance to pull this one out. Yeah, I definitely agree that the practice time is going to make a difference because they said going into that game he hadn't taken any reps with the ones. Right. So we'll see what the week does. But So, therefore, my, my lock of the weekend um, is definitely, in my opinion, going to be and it has a lot to do with the injuries, but New Orleans over Green Bay. I think if Aaron Rodgers is playing this game, it's definitely the other way around. Uh, as much as I like the Saints organization and haven't gone to school in Louisiana and stuff, I just I think a healthy Aaron Rodgers and a Green Bay Packer team beats you every time just because they're that good. But now they have Brett Hundley out there, and the Saints are kind of on a roll. So for me, my lock of the weekend is going to be New Orleans over Green Bay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, you know, Like you said, Aaron Rodgers being out – is devastating for that team, but it's interesting to see what they're going to have as a backup. For me, um, you know, I, I know we talked about this before, but I'm switching my pick already after looking at this list, and I am going with Washington over Philadelphia as my lock. I know that we <laughs> okay. are Redskin fans and we talk about them, but, you know, my original pick was going to be New England versus Atlanta, and then after we talked about it, I'm still a little skeptical on that one, um, just, yeah. just because New England isn't what they were last year. Um, yeah. But Washington. They're going to lock it up, man. We're going to go in. We're going to go into Philly. We're going to shut them down. Um, Kirk Cousins is going to lead us to victory. And I really, really do think that. I think, you know, and another prediction with this, I think our defense is going to finally score this week. Um, at least I hope. But, you know, we'll see. Anyway, pick six, fumble recovery, whatever. Yeah, you just I, think that they're going to score. I think the defense is going to get us some points this week. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've historically been pretty good at getting pressure at Carson Wentz. I mean, that's definitely a key to victory in that game It's just containing him in the pocket and stopping him from making ridiculous plays with his feet like he did the last time, and that's why we lost. So, For sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, another other hot topic in the NFL that we at least have to touch on is Zeke Elliott and his continuing battle with the NFL and all this law mumbo-jumbo and, you know – in my opinion, I think he's going to end up playing this whole year. I think they're just going to keep arbitrating and all that stuff. It's going to be a Tom Brady situation. I think he'll get suspended next year. I just, you know, it's like the ups and downs of a Washington, D.C. fan. You you hear the news that his suspension is coming back. You're like, yes, perfect timing. We're playing Dallas for two right. And then they're like, oh, his suspension has been temporarily lifted for two games. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Give me one game. You know, they're, of course he's going to come back for the Washington game. But, you know, I just think that whole thing is going to end up they're just going to keep pushing it out, and it's going to be dealt with in the offseason. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a mess. Um, there's really been no concrete evidence presented other than um, what his, what his uh, uh, accuser has said. And, and, again, I don't want to get into whether or not he did it or not. Yeah, I don't either. But no, yeah, that's not my point. There's just – it's so much confusion surrounding it that it makes the, the you know, always suspended, always not suspended. That It makes it a little bit more confusing to the fan because – you know, in other situations, we, we have video evidence or whatever, and it's all blatantly clear. But um, the way that, that the NFL has handled this stuff in the past and the way they're handling this one, it's it, it causes a lot of speculation, and that's a problem for the NFL. You know, usually when they suspend a guy, it should just be like, oh, he's suspended, okay. We know, we yeah. know why, and then that's fine, we move on. But there's so much um, back and forth and so much arguing about this kind of stuff that it really just confuses us and, and – it doesn't really do any service to the brand at all. And see, and that's the thing that I think that 
the biggest problem with this whole situation is that it's just further dividing the players from the owners in terms of labor dispute. For sure. Obviously, the whole national anthem controversy and all these other things that are going on, you know, I would not be surprised at all, especially because the union president himself has said it, that there will be a holdout in the next collective bargaining agreement situation. But, you know, with the injuries and stuff that are going on in the NFL, I I never thought really that I would even have this thought in my mind five years ago. But you could honestly see uh, a time where football looks at least a lot different in terms of the hitting and how it's played. Like kickoffs could go away and all these other things that – the game could change very drastically over the next five years, for sure. Oh, they're already talking about getting rid of kickoffs. I mean, you know, if you look at the percentages since they've moved the line, most of them end with the touchback anyway. So mm-hmm. it, it is going to look a lot different. You know, they're, the NFL's in a tough spot right now, losing fans, losing viewers. I mean, obviously we still watch and all that. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, I'm boycotting. But, yeah. you know – there is a lot of extracurricular stuff going around the game that, that is yes. affecting the overall on-the-field product. You know, it used to be you turn in a football on Sunday and you're watching football, right? Now you're yeah, watching – There's a release from everything Right, else. now you're watching yeah. everything. Like, and they're mentioning all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, I would like to escape from that to watch football. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is, you know, it is tough to watch. And you can see the struggle for the, the people running the show. How do we rectify this? How do we get our ratings back? Um, and it doesn't seem like they have the answer. Nope, it does not. So we'll just see how that pans out. But, you know, transitioning to a sport that's been doing it way longer, and, you know, I don't really – it's surprising how popular baseball has been able to sustain over the last, you know, 20 years considering the surge of football and stuff like that. But, you know, this is a product that a lot of people don't necessarily go to games year-round, but once playoff baseball comes around, it is too good to not watch. Oh, I mean, it really is. The, the way that they are able to uh, market that, but more importantly, the product on the field. Again, every pitch is important. You want to watch mm-hmm. every inning. Even if it's a three-up, three-down inning, it's still exciting. Um, so it is. it really is. And, and, the, and the MLB has done a great job of kind of rebranding themselves over, over the, the decades to keep up with what's kind of popular in in the world. You know, again, in the 2000s, it was the big home run situation mm-hmm. with all the steroids, and then that kind of came crashing down. And they've still been able to sustain a steady fan base even after that kind of controversy. Um, so it is it is great to see. And more importantly, um, the, the product that's going to be in the World Series, I think is going to be one of the best in a long time. I think so, too. I mean, not only just from uh, a sports perspective in regards to the athletes on the field and the competition but the storylines going into this game i mean you have the dodgers who haven't been back to been to a world series in 30 years and they're an old historic organization and then you have a team like the houston astros who haven't been since 2005 which is a big deal but most importantly i mean just for the city of houston if you if you have no dog in this fight if you're not a fan of houston or of the dodgers you know year round you got a pull for the Astros and what this city has been through this year and what it would mean for everybody if they were able to win a World Series. No, you're exactly right. You know, I, I live in Austin now, so a lot of my kids that I teach are Houston fans, so that's kind of rubbed off on me. I was pulling mm-hmm. for them against the Yankees, obviously, because we hate the Yankees. But mm-hmm. I've been pulling for them um, for, for a little while now. I've been paying a little bit of attention to them. they got, you know, really good players, guys like Altuve and, um, you know, really good pitching staff. So it is, it is exciting to see, but like you said, the, the fact that they got crushed by that hurricane, and, and again, I'm you know, three hours up the road from them, 
Um, I saw some of the effects of that. It's it's really good to see them now in the World Series, but they do have a tall task in in trying to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers, and that's for sure. Um, I mean, you're looking at a team in the Dodgers that basically has everything that you would need to win a World Series. For you sure. got pitching, you got hitting, you got fielding, and uh, you know it's it's going to be a battle. I think it could go. I would love to see it go to Game 7, but, you know, obviously with no interest in between really who wins and loses, you just want to see a good series. But um, I think really Houston's best bet is just using the momentum of everything, you know, getting into the playoffs and making this run and using the juice of the city to to win. I think that's really their best bet. If it comes down to just baseball, I think the Dodgers are going to definitely take it. And, I mean, you're just going to have to out play them every day if you're going to have a real good shot, you know, um, if you're Houston. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got to get the bats going, and they and their pitching staff really has to be on their P's and Q's because those those guys out in L.A. can really bomb the ball. But mm-hmm. like you said, I think they have a lot of um, X factors going into this game that are that are in their favor, like, you know, with, with all the hurricane recovery and all that. So it is going to be exciting. I would like to see it go to seven. You know, just as a, as a yeah. fan, you know, who really doesn't have a, a, a dog in the fight, I would really like to see it go to seven. And I know Uncle Nolf is a longtime Dodger fan. He's probably going to be pissed at us. But I do want to see yeah. Houston win. And you, and it comes to baseball, I mean, you're looking at a team from L.A. versus a team from Houston. The amount of money that the Dodgers have to be able to build their team is not nearly as much as what the, the Astros are going to have. So you got that underdog element to it that you'd love to see a team who – one player on the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, is making $35 million this year. The highest-paid player for the, the, the Astros is only making 28 and here we are saying only making $28 know, million. Right? But, but still, you know, the amount of money with no salary cap in baseball, it's, like, ridiculous. It's just like European soccer. you got all these dudes who just spend this amount of money that's not even real money because you're never going to actually see all that. But, I mean, we've got Bryce Harper talking about a $400 million contract. I mean, come on. That, that's The amount of money is insane in baseball. Oh, and it, so to see a – to see an underfunded team beat that, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, no, it really is. Like you said, L.A. Um, is spending just boatloads of cash. The crazy thing about baseball to me is, you know, I'm looking at the rosters right now, and, and for some reason they list the salary right next to the players. Um, but, you know. They do? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> have. Uh, so you, That just tells you right now what, what it is. That's all about money. Exactly. So you're, you know, scrolling up and down here, and you, you got guys like, uh, you know, Andre Ethier making 17.5. But then you look, and their their first baseman Cody Bellinger is only making five thirty five a year only. Um, so it, it is it is funny to see that. But you know, like you said, the fact that there's no salary cap, um, it kind of is pay pay to win. Um, the Dodgers are definitely taking that seriously. Their whole pitching staff. Mm-hmm. There's only one pitcher on their entire staff making less than a million a year. Uh, so they're definitely putting the money into it. Whereas Houston, again, they you know they've got money too, but uh, on their pitching rotation they have one two. Five of their pitchers are making under a million, and nobody is making even close to, other than uh, Justin Verlander, nobody's making even close to what the what the uh, Dodgers are. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is going to be you know kind of an underdog versus uh, the the power money team. But you know, like I said, I, I would love to see Houston win it. But more importantly, I want to see it go to seven games so we get that excitement of a game seven um, in the World Series. That's right. There's nothing better. Than Just that. like. Just like Bryce Harper says, make baseball great again. And I think this is a good series to help bring some fans into the fold and some older people who have gotten away from it to just want to watch some entertaining sports. This is going to be a good time to For sure. turn in. Definitely. So. But, uh, you know, 
other than that, you know, there's really just some stuff in the entertainment world that we kind of want to touch on because there's been some devastating news circulating circulating out on the internet right now about one of the greatest television shows of all time and how I met your mother is apparently leaving Netflix. Yeah, it's yet, yet another one of our favorite shows going away um, off Netflix, which you know they do provide a lot of good original content, and I see that they're trying to you know move their business that way where it's mostly original content but mm -hmm. the fact that those shows are on netflix and and you know to be clear i'm referring to scrubs and and how i met your mother now with that going yeah. away but scrubs was the first hit and you know they they continually kept trying to take it away and then the fans would cry out and freak out about mm -hmm. it and then they would renew it um, but then they finally just gave up on it and since that's happened i mean you've seen at least for me, the interest in some of their um, newer stuff is going up for most people. But for me, you know, Netflix, I, I want those old shows on there. That's kind of mm -hmm. why I have them. It, it's it's yeah. why I have Netflix. And you got to wonder why is it worth keeping now? Yeah. And, it, you know, a lot of people think I'm crazy because um, I really just like to watch the same five or six shows and rotation over and over, which are usually 30 minute episodes of uh, a sitcom. And, you know, especially being someone who has studied film, you know, critically at the graduate level and stuff like that, I just know what I like and I like what I like. So when you take it away from me through a streaming service, it just devalues your product to me a little bit, mm -hmm. especially when they're kind of just taking it away for spite. It felt like there was really no reason. I mean, I understand there's a lot of money tied up into that, but you have the money, especially because you just increased your monthly fees to cover all these superstar movies that you're making and stuff like that so and the fact that hulu immediately signs both scrubs and how i met your mother tells you that it's not like it's going to go away people are still going to want to watch it so you know the fact that they're just willing to just let the older shows i know friends is going to come off soon it's just it's just leading the way for the rest of the show so my question is really going to come down to if i want to keep Netflix in general, because I can then forfeit that $10 a month and just get the Hulu Prime or whatever for $15 a month, be coming out for the better on $5, and I can watch unlimited streaming with no commercials on Hulu. Right, right. And plus new television, plus the new shows that are out. So it does, it does make them, decisions. Yeah, it does make you want to kind of go to the, the competitor. I mean, right now, you know, they still got the office and stuff, which I'm watching, but you're exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, what are they doing? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be one thing if they were just to fall off and then, you know, that'd be it. But the fact that Hulu immediately picks them up, that, that should be telling them something. So, But that being said, if you've never watched How I Met Your Mother and uh, now is the time because it is coming off at some point. They haven't released an official date. It just said fall. So it's going to be in the next two months. But, um, you know, it's about seven or you know, eight seasons, I believe. Nine. 30 minute, yeah. Nine. Okay, sorry. Um I've seen them so many times, I just go through it. I don't know how many seasons there are. But either way, you could definitely finish it if you watch it uh, before it comes off. And if you're looking for an episode in the full Rolodex to give it a shot, to try it out and see if you think it's funny, uh, my number one recommendation is definitely going to be Season 6, Episode 12. It's called The False Positive. But most importantly, you know, the overall episode is about Lily and Marshall uh, get a false positive pregnancy test and they think that they're now about to become parents. But most importantly, Barney starts freaking out and he does Barney's favorite things, which is possibly one of the greatest scenes in the entire series. It's basically him making uh, fun of or imitating Oprah's, you know, when she gives away stuff on her shows. 
and he just gives away all his favorite stuff like remote control helicopters, all his hilarious gifts, and you'll definitely be laughing out loud if you just turn on that one episode for sure. So that's my recommendation if you want to jump into one to see if you think you'll like it to get you into the whole story. Check that one out. Yeah, and, and my my recommendation, you know, we like to give you both both opinions, but Alex's is great a great choice. Mine is uh, season five, episode fourteen. It's called the Perfect Week. Um, it's and again, if you don't know if you know about the show, Barney is kind of a womanizer, um, and this is his attempt to uh, hook up with seven different women on seven different nights with zero rejections. And he's being interviewed by Jim Nance the whole episode. It's easily one of the funniest uh, 30 minutes mm-hmm. of TV that's ever been produced. I mean, just Jim Nance trying to pretend like this is serious and, and mm-hmm. treat it as a sporting event uh, when he's just trying to hook up with random women. Um, it is it is quite hilarious and definitely one that'll that'll pique your interest enough to get you to want to go back and watch. All right, well, that wraps up this week's episode of Real Talk with Shoot and Shock. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in this week. Be sure to give us a follow on social media. Um, I am at Chake73. Shoot is at underscore Mr. C. I promise you, you won't regret it. Definitely check us out on social media. But be sure to come back next week for the fourth episode of Real Talk with Shoot and Shock.